Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The thing that bothers me the most about pass rush win rate and how it's been elevated to this, you know, the peak of all analysis when it comes to edge rushers and when it comes to pass rushers, if you win so many pass rush is, why aren't you sacking the quarterback more? It's like I feel like I'm Dave Skylark in the movie The Interview when Kim Jong's character is saying how, oh, we do so many great things for our people, our country, everybody loves us here. What about the little boy in the... Well, he just goes, well, then why don't you feed them then? It's like, oh, Miles Garrett wins all these pass rushes, man. He just works these tackles, double teams, doesn't matter. He wins the pass rush more than anybody else. Then why doesn't he have more sacks then? I like new statistics i like new ways to analyze players i want to be able to use pass rush win rate and i want to be able to use double team rate effectively in my analysis but for whatever reason we have just assigned those two more value than anything else and in a way have almost discredited sacks have discredited tackles for loss or or taken weight away from that category and so I just, for no reason, for no except, reason. except for a website to, to somehow of, getting some kind of accreditation out of nowhere. And to kind of justify, I think, the robbery that was Miles Garrett getting the depoy over T.J. Watt because there's really no way to justify it unless you assign more weight to those two statistics than anything else. And one person that did that was Micah Parsons, who was asked on Radio mm-hmm. Row on Friday, you know, what his What's thoughts your take? were. Yeah. yeah, and... It came across to me like TJ bashing more than it did gassing up of Miles Garrett. It, Instead of just saying this guy earned it for these reasons, this the guy focus, didn't deserve it, and that's why he the lost. The focus seemed to be more negative towards the TJ Watt mm-hmm. side of things than gassing up Miles Garrett. And you know why? Because you can't really gas him up. There is nothing in your back pocket to push Miles Garrett in front of TJ Watt logically. And you know what the thing that really pissed me off when he said look at the stats, the stats don't lie. And then all he did was name pass rush mm-hmm. win rate and double team rate, and he's like, Alex Highsmith actually had a, a better win rate and double team rate than, than T.J. Watt when you really look at it, when you really look at the stats. It's like, well, it's why crazier are the only too- two stats that you look at? And er- didn't earlier that week, didn't Micah say it's not all about the stats when someone brought up T.J. Watt's ability to get home to the quarterback Yes. Translated yes. to sacks and forced fumbles and fumble recoveries and touchdowns. Didn't wasn't Micah asked about that and he said it's not all about the stats, dude. And then when he came on Radio Row the day after TJ Watt lost to Miles Garrett, he said, Well, just look at the stats that I think that matter. And the th- reason why I think that it was matter more that, that do a better him. that do a better job of making me look better. The thing that I really was bothered by too is then they asked him the follow up question of, well, then who is your top five pass rushers? 
and, and he, he left even named T.J. Watt. Yeah, left him off. And that that is where it comes off as just you're being a hater right now. Yeah, you are just showing yeah. your cards yeah, like, that you have no basis. Your 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 argument is founded in spite, essentially. I know we were expecting it to happen on Thursday, but it's still just as shocking here on Tuesday that he didn't win that award. Um, it's one of the bigger robberies of an award that I can remember. People were talking about the 1989 MVP in the NHL when Gretzky won it over Lemieux despite Lemieux having 40 more points and all of them were goals. Um, that seems a little bit more egregious, but it's still a head-scratcher to me. I wish that the voters that... Uh, there were 23 voters that put Miles Garrett in first place, and I think there was 19. 19. So he was, like, close, was close, but it should not have should even have been, been close. close. And I would have loved to really sit down the 23 people that voted him number one and just say, please just explain your, your logic to me. And it would sound a lot like what the Micah Parsons logic was. It would be, you know, his pass rush win rate was better, he was double-teamed more, and even though that the production numbers didn't really translate to that of tj watts mm-hmm. when you look at it the pass rush win rate tells you that he's a more dominant player and that that defense is focused on him more and man the browns where would they be without him that defense was so good and he's the lifeblood of that defense okay well he had one sack in the last seven games and the defense actually when you really look at numbers was worse than the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. Sure, the Browns won the coveted yardage title where they gave up fewer yards than Mm -hmm. everybody else, but we judge this game on who scores more points than the other team, and the Steelers had a much better scoring defense towards the top five as opposed to the Browns, who were in 13th place in the league this year as a scoring defense. Steelers' defense, overall, was better than the Browns' defense because, on average, they gave up less points, and that's the name of the game. Team success. The Browns went to the wild card, Mm -hmm. number five seed, 11-6 Eleven and six record, lost in the first round by double digits. The Steelers lost, gave up forty five points. Got torched. The Steelers, seven seed, wild card, ten and seven record, lose by double digits to the Buffalo Bills. Less than the Browns did, but Four, still only by fourteen points. Digits. Yeah, the Browns lost by thirty one points. The, the Steelers lost by fourteen without TJ Watt. The point being, it is the almost exact same season from a team success standpoint. And they split the regular season meeting between the two of them. And Miles Garrett had a sack, I think, maybe two, in the second meeting with the Steelers and the Browns. Mm. He did not affect it like TJ did in the first meeting Mm-mm. with the Steelers and the Browns this year. Mm-mm. There is just nowhere you can turn to really justify it. And I think what really made it so egregious was Garrett's lack of production down the stretch of the season. If Garrett would have had like three, four sacks over those last seven games, then you maybe stomach it a little bit more. If Garrett had a big strip sack in a game that helped the Browns clinch that playoff spot, then you maybe start to stomach it a little bit more. But the fact that he went so dormant and it just seemed to not matter, all while T.J. Watt was still performing and Mm -hmm. affecting games for the Steelers and helping them win games, be one of the main reasons why they won games, You know, that's where it's really hard for me to grasp that. Did you just decide in the middle of the season that it was going to be Garrett's? And it's like, you just kind of. And then from that point on, you just ignored. You ignored the the last eight weeks? That, that to me, is where it really kind of falls on its head for me because it's just. He had such a bad finish to the season. And despite the fact that the Browns still got to 11 wins, um, you know, he wasn't the main reason why 
And now everybody will argue that he affects the game without getting sacks. He affects the game without getting tackles for losses. He he draws so much attention that he frees up other players on his team to do well. That's 100% true. And as we always do when we talk Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, it, it comes off as disparaging Miles Garrett when he's a top three pass rusher in the NFL. He's a great player. I would love him on the Steelers. When you say that, though, about just him, it's so disingenuous because, like, do the teams just go against the Raiders and say to Max Crosby, just single team him every time? There's literally mm-hmm. no one else on that Raiders defense. If, if you want to hoist up somebody who, and I know double team rate doesn't support me here, but that's subjective. If you want to talk about somebody who gets all the attention from an opposing team and still put up D-point numbers is Max Crosby. There's no one else on that Raiders right. defense. That's and a great he point. is a beast still. Um, you know, you're disingenuous that you you don't think that defensive coordinators spend as much time on Miles Garrett or on TJ Watt as they do Miles Garrett. When no, they say to themselves, uh, Miles Garrett wins the the pass rush win rate more. I, he gets double. He wins the double team rate more, so we have to focus on him just, more than we would on TJ Watt. I just don't get it. I just don't understand as I take a victory sip from my water. A victory? It's why, more of a no, sip of defeat. Sip, no, it's a victory sip because I'm right. The I'm argument right is correct. Um, and you want to, you know, boo-hoo, woe is me. Uh, oh, a, a millionaire got robbed of a shiny award. Listen, that legacy stuff matters. If he's a two-time defensive player of the year, I think he's a f- Hall of Famer no matter what anyway, as it stands You're right You're saying now. TJ or? TJ. Okay. Probably Garrett, too. But TJ. Well, now he's got a depoy, so it helps. TJ's a Hall of Famer, no question about it. You get a second depoy, you're like locked, locked in especially with the numbers that he's put up having a, a sack record in his on his resume in a 40 year span of the of since sacks became a legitimate stat in the NFL the man has become the first player to ever lead the league in sacks in three separate years he has tw- he has the tied record for a most most sacks in a season he has one deep point so far he was chasing 20 sacks this year. Probably would have gotten it if he not had gotten hurt against Baltimore. He'd already had two. I can only imagine he can get one more with an entire second half of football left to be played, which would have led to him becoming, Tom, only the second guy ever in league history to have two years of 20 or more sacks. You add on a deep point. I mean, I, I, I've made this argument before. You know, we we some people like to say, well, you can't really talk about the history of sacks just because it's only been since 1982. Well, it's been 40 plus years now. I think you can start to legitimize legitimize that stat because four decades is a long enough time to put something into a category of stats that matter. So I'm in that camp and for TJ Watt to have the ability to say, I've checked all of those boxes. I, I can't see how you would deny him of a, of a golden jacket and a hall of fame career. Yeah, he's going to the Hall of Fame for sure. But it's just, you know, for the argument that, oh, he already has his depoy, and and for the argument of, oh, oh it was Miles Garrett's turn. Why really? Was it, so, why was yeah. it T.J. Watt's turn in 2020 Go when they it. gave yep. it to Aaron Donald? Because he was better than Aaron Donald that year, but it mm-hmm. seemed to me like it was a coronation of Aaron Donald, and this is his third depoy. It's, let's give him is. his third to make him really stand out among all the greatest defensive players and keep T.J. Watt in the waiting. He was up next because T.J. was the third uh, runner-up in 2019, the year before when Gilmore won it. He had eight forced fumbles on that season and 14 and a half sacks. So the next year, he has even more sacks. He has um, 
less forced fumbles, but he he makes a ton of impact on the game. He finishes runner-up to Aaron Donald, who had less than he did in a lot of meaningful statistical categories. And there wasn't this, well, it's just Donald's time to win it. It's just, you know, or excuse me, it wasn't this, it's just Watt's time to win it. He's due. Donald has his too. Uh, Watt's been great for a couple years now. You know, he's earned this award this year. There wasn't any of that. Instead, it was um, Aaron it's Donald Garrett's. getting mm-hmm. his third in a row. Aaron Donald solidifying himself on the Mount Rushmore of NFL defensive players. Aaron Donald locking himself into maybe uh, being argued one of the best defensive players in the history of the league. And now we get to 2023, and it's like, well, T.J. Watt had a great year, but you know, Miles Garrett, you know, he has been so dominant for most of his career, and he's never finished higher than fourth place when it comes to this award. He, it's just time for him to win the award. Um, don't like that. Don't like that inconsistency there. Especially when you denied T.J. Watt two years in a row. Not just one. It wasn't just one time. You denied him two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And I think people stomach the 2019 more than the 2020 a little bit more. Gilmore, uh, see, Gilmore's a corner, know. but Gilmore had a really great year that year, and he finished third in Depoy that year. T.J. did. The fact yeah. that he was second to Donald is a joke. He won it, then he was hurt the next year. Now, now second to Miles Garrett. Um, I mean, that's three depoys that should be on his shelf. And again, to the take of, oh, he already has his. Who cares? He's a millionaire. Like, what does he need? Some award to validate himself? No, he doesn't need it to validate himself. But if he's a three-time Defensive Player of the Year winner, you're entering the pantheon of greatness. You're up there with an Aaron. Well, actually, you'd be ahead of Aaron Donald because you would have taken one away from him. But right, you you would have put yourself into a completely other class of defensive player, a Lawrence Taylor, a J.J. Watt. The uh, thing I can hold my hat on is the fact that since that 2019 season when it was T.J.'s first time mm-hmm. finishing as a fi- as a true finalist, third place, all the names, all the guys we've named, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, Stephon Gilmore, T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald is reaching the end of his career, but... Besides him, T.J. Watt has by far been the best defensive player across that span of time, right? You, I don't think you can argue it. Miles Garrett came into the league same year as him, didn't get same off, exact year. didn't get off to that hot start or, or that that trajectory that T.J. Watt was on. Sure, he was respected Garrett as a defensive was player. A lot early in his career. He was, but he, his expectations were super high just because he was the number one overall pick. You know, Max, it's, it's funny people think that Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt like the big difference is availability. Watts played more games than Garrett. Max Crosby came into the league a little bit later. Yes. Stephon Gilmore has fallen off a cliff since uh, winning. Uh, cliff to Depoy status, sure, still very good though. He's um, bounced around. I mean, the fact Mike that he's bounced around. Sorry? Mike and Mike has only been around for a couple of years. Deron Bland was named a finalist this yeah, year, but pfft. only because he broke the touchdown. He record. broke the pick six record this year, which honest it's is a big deal. It but is it's a not Depoy. But it's, he's not it, Deion Sanders or Rod Woodson. No, teams, no, 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 teams didn't no, no. fear him. In fact, the Seahawks game on Thursday night football. He got DK torched. Metcalf, yeah. They were attacking him. So I think again, you know, you don't want awards, you want Lombardi's, right? But if no there's doubt. anything you could, as a as a fan of T.J. Watt, as a fan of the Steelers, you can say confidently, since 2019, since he entered the Depoy race, he has been the best defensive player in the league in the league yep. in that time in that five year span. Yeah, and he won the sack title third time right? he's done that in his career. Um, yeah, you know, Lemieux had a great co- quote when he was on Mark's show in the past. 
And Mark has said it a couple times this past few days, ever since we found out that that Garrett beat out Watt and Watt was snubbed. Uh, Lemieux, in reference to when he was snubbed from that Hart Trophy in 89 or other Hart Trophies that he was snubbed from, he said, I don't judge myself on those kind of awards because those kind of awards are voted on by people that have their own agendas. I'm paraphrasing it. This is an exact quote. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. I focus and judge myself on scoring titles and Stanley Cups because no one can vote on that. TJ Watt needs to judge himself, and maybe he does, on sack titles and Lombardi trophies because no one votes on those. And I'm sure TJ Watt's getting s- not sick of because it's great that he's doing it, but I'm. I'm guessing he's starting to look at the sack, you know, single season sack leader as just something that is a given. Like he can do any given year if he's healthy. He's not he's not hungry for sack titles anymore. He is hungry for Lombardi trophies. Lombardi trophies and keep climbing up the all time sack leaderboard. Sure. Um, Bruce Smith is number one with two hundred sacks. Watt has ninety six and a half right now. It's over a hundred sacks still to go to get Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith was an speaking of Bruce monster. Smith, that's another all-time great defensive player oh, to yeah. never win a Lombardi never Trophy. Went, a, went to four, never won one of them. Right. Uh, Reggie White's right up there, obviously, but the active leader, who actually is in nineteenth place all time, is Vaughn Miller with one hundred twenty-three point five sacks. He's going to retire soon. And I think TJ Watt could catch that in the next two years with his eyes closed. That's exactly if he stays if he's healthy, healthy that's exactly with his eyes closed said. and hands tied behind his back. That's what I said. And, and he won't even need to catch that number to be the active leader because, like I said, Miller will retire probably before he gets to it. But when I saw that he was only about 27 and some change sacks away from catching Miller as the active leader, I was I was floored a little bit. Just really put into perspective. Because how Von dominant Mil- he's been. Von Miller's every been doing season. this since I was a freshman in college, even right. before then. And, and Watt since it was no, I think we were juniors because he came into the year when Cam Newton did. I was well, sorry, I was a junior in high school. You must have been a senior in high Von school. Von Miller has been around the block, and Watt's only twenty-seven sacks behind him. I mean, there's definitely a chance that if Miller doesn't retire, Watt just catches him anyway within these next two years if he continues this pace. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a little something, too, for Steelers fans to chew on and and maybe get a little excited about. I know you wanted to see your guy win Defensive Player of the Year, and I know you wanted, you know, those bragging rights, because you're the Steelers. You you love boasting how many depoys you have, and this would be just another guy winning multiple ones for your team. This guy doesn't need any extra motivation. The fire burns within the Watts like nothing else. I mean, he just got the bag, was the highest-paid defensive player for a period of time before new contracts came out, and he's still 
went out and broke the sack record last year. You just added more coal to the fire, though. You just shoveled more fuel into this guy's yeah, internal right. drive. If I am the sack king and I have a touchdown and I have tackles for losses more than the other candidates and all this, and they still told me it's not good enough, I'll break the sack record next year mm -hmm. and then have them really tell me that it's not good enough. So, like, for me, I want him to win. I feel bad for him, but selfishly, it's like, did they just make TJ Watt mad? Did they just add an even extra motivating factor to somebody who needs no more motivating factors? Just, just something to think about. I, I, no, I mean, he didn't he say so himself in that tweet? Nothing I'm not used to? When he had, like, it was like an hour before it was announced, but I think he had gotten let on. It was, it was leaked to him that he wasn't winning, and he tweeted out saying, this isn't anything I'm not used to. I'm used to being shortchanged. An Instagram story of him and his wife just walking on the Vegas Strip instead of going to the uh, awards. Yeah, he didn't go to the ceremony. I, I would have liked to see him go, right? I think it's probably the right thing. It's to It's the right thing to, to do. do. Yeah, Miles Garrett didn't vote himself Defensive Player of the Year. You know, no, what but I, mean? I can understand the frustration when you put up an all-time great season, hundred percent. But his beefs with the vote: nineteen sacks, nineteen tackles for losses. 36 quarterback hits, 100%. a pick, and a touchdown, uh, four forced fumbles. 100%. And your agent calls you the afternoon of the ceremony and tells you you're not going to win. The emotions are probably high at that point. Or he's like, this is absurd. Screw that. My overall point is that his beef's not with Miles Garrett or the fraternity of, of his brothers playing football. It's with the writers that voted Garrett in. So, you know, I mean, you... but then again, screw the Browns and screw Miles Garrett. He's mm -hmm. our rival. I don't want to see my rival win anything. Mm -hmm. I could see it from both sides. Of him skipping of him out on skipping, it? If it was a good thing I think it. he should have gone, but I total like I'm with you. I, I totally understand the emotions of putting up an all time great season. You get the call that you're not gonna win. It's tough. And you know what I hear from a lot of people from the older generation is these athletes these days are too nice to each other. Could you imagine Michael Jordan swapping a jersey with Charles right, well, Barkley after the game? TJ Watts doesn't want to give credit I mean. to Miles Garrett. I mean, so like you kind of get some old school rivalry, some old school venom between players. Like, screw that! I'm not going to go and clap for him. I hate him. He's he's my he is my arch rival, not just team wise, but quite literally in my draft class. Like mm -hmm. we are going to be compared to each other for our entire careers and afterwards. So. There's that hate that you've been asking for. There's that old school, you know, we don't have to all sing Kumbaya together. And I still think you're seeing criticism from those same people being like, he really should have showed up. He also, really, he too, really should have been there. Not as as drastic as him snubbing Miles Garrett with his presence, but who does who does TJ Watt? I mean, granted, he sees them more, but who does TJ Watt perform better against than any other team? The Browns the and the Browns Ravens. And the Browns and the Ravens. And he does well against the Bengals. Too. Yeah, but it, it really stands out, his performances against Cleveland and Baltimore. Cleveland for sure. more than anybody. He's Oh, really? I I might lean Baltimore. I, I can't. I, Just because of the— you, I think, you, you, you tell me T.J. Watt highlights. My brain goes to Baker Mayfield, you're too that, short. Four, that, pa four passes defended. It's literally per four picture sacks, perfect. Four sacks yeah. in a game to really— you know, reignite his sack title chase because it was looking gloom before that that game against the Browns. See, I don't know. But then you got the pick against Burrow in the Bengals game. He's just damn good against all the North. Two Every picks. team in the North. Tom, two picks. He had two picks, two one in each game, but I always flash back to just Lamar running around in the pocket, being able to escape when it's 30 other NFL teams, but if it's T.J. Watt back there, he can't get out. Well, let's end this episode with some positivity. 
because someone did not get snubbed finally at the award ceremony. How about that? Ken Hayward After wins, what, his seventh think time so. being nominated? He wins his Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Um, no one more deserving. Uh, the Steelers just have, like you said, for seven, eight years straight, it hasn't even been a thought of who they're going to nominate from their team. It's been Cam, it's been Cam, it's been Cam. Um, probably the greatest Steeler to not win a Super Bowl already, in my eyes. And he... I've, I've got a question. It, I love Cam. Yeah. Don't, one of my all-time favorites. Is TJ Watt not, <laughs> like, right behind <laughs> him, if not next to He's him? Be- well, no, TJ Watt's better than Cam. So TJ Watt... I guess technically is the best Steeler. Yeah, in a Super it's just Bowl right TJ now. or Cam has been here for uh, yeah, like five I'm, or six I'm or really seven. TJ extra is years. having a lot more chances. Right. Cam, I think the chances are running through the hourglass for him. Can't Cam put it this way? I think Watt has a chance to still win one. I think Cam is going to end his career without one. Yeah, it's, unfortunately, uh, Cam da- Cam was there for the entirety of the Triple B area, mm-hmm. the kill, Killer Bees. TJ came at the very end of it. His first year was 2017, and then the very next year, Life Bell sat out, and then AB quit in the, the last draft game. Pick right after they lost to the Packers, yeah. mm-hmm. he was the first round pick the year after they lost to the Packers. So he hasn't even been to his furthest has been to the AFC Championship game. Oh, that Cam's first playoff game was the Tebow game. That's quite Oops. the welcome to the NFL rookie uh, experience. Poor Cam. Not like, that it was on Cam. I'm not putting know, it on Cam, but, but that's I'm just, just such a. Like, Heartbreaker to to have that be your first experience. Such a great player, and he's a part of the Tebow game. He's a part of 2016, where you're so close and you fall short to the Patriots. He's a part of the Jesse James year team, which uh, was good enough to win the Super Bowl. So was TJ though. TJ was too. Um, what was I saying? But then you also think Cam Hayward lost the national championship too when he was at Ohio State to LSU. Like this guy, just I want this guy to get a championship so badly, and he just he always seems to get right up to the edge. And then falls a little bit short. But I'm really happy for him to get this Walter Payton Man of the Year honor. Something no one can ever take away from him. He'll get to wear that patch on his jersey for the rest of his playing days. And, you know, when you see that patch, it's just a a, a sign. And it's something to tell people that, you know, you're dealing with not just a good football player here. You're dealing with a good human being. Um, So really, kudos to Cam because that's what's most important in this. Mm -hmm. Wow, I sound so, sound so, so regal right now. Most important thing in this world is be a good person. You know, you're an athlete. You're blessed with all the skill in the world. That doesn't make you better than you or I here at a microphone. And Cam's one of those guys that gets that times ten. You know, he's no different from the guy down the street working at McDonald's, guy working at his nine to five desk job. Um, we're the same. We're people. And uh, Cam has been extremely active in this community and nationally uh, with helping people in need and treating people like people. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you uh, saw the crowd reaction too. I think everyone who was there knows who Cam Hayward is league wide. Not, it's very obvious. He's not just known for his work done on the field. Like he has been in this race now so many times. I think it just often on the field, you can't find a more respected man than Cam Hayward. No, and it was weird that it took him a while to win this award, but it's better late it's than okay. never. It's yeah. better late than never. We're going to talk Super Bowl eventually, but the Steelers decided to make some news of their own they did. yesterday, which has to be addressed. So we'll probably wait to talk about the Super Bowl until our very last episode. Um, which is okay, because really the guys playing in the Super Bowl kind of waited until the very end of their God, game to start playing game. the Super Bowl. It was such a boring game in the first half, but then, quite I'd honestly... I'd say like, even like the first 45 minutes. But then it became a top five Super Bowl of my life. Yeah, we just ranked. You put it in top five? I put it in the top five. 
What would that kick out that then? That was high drama. What would that kick out? I, I might still have it written down. I have to go back and look. I'd probably kick out the Patriot Seahawks one. Yeah, the Malcolm Butler pick. It's hard to keep out a game that goes to overtime, a Super Bowl that goes to overtime. Right. So that's why I wouldn't do twenty-eight to three. That's like keeping out keep like a World there. Series or a, a Stanley Cup final or an NBA final that went to seven games and went to overtime. I know, but. We're going to talk about the cuts before we get to that. We'll talk about the Steelers roster moves, talk about what that might mean, and if that uh, can kind of be fortune teller for some other things that might happen in this offseason. It's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman, and this is the Steelers Standard. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 